yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the question I'd love to ask you is like, what's your perfect what, Sunday morning? What's, However, what's data? <laughs> yeah, but, but I want to ask you like, well, how should we understand data now, right? Like what, you know. freaking know. What are you asking? I'm like, okay, here's the thing. So it, so... I got, so I got my first job right after, I got my first uh, tech journalism job in 2019, mm. right after Cambridge Analytica, uh, like not long after that story broke. And I was specifically covering tech privacy for um, like this ad magazine. And I was writing, Cambridge Analytica at the, at the end of the day was an ad firm. So I was literally writing about Cambridge Analytica for people working at firms like Cambridge Analytica. Which was, I, I, I always liken it to like writing about the Death Star for people working inside the Death Star, yeah. which is yeah. like, <laughs> you, you get, you get, uh, you get some really interesting perspectives there. But I will say over the past, over the past, I think, three years that I've been doing this, you have seen kind of a shift in the way people talk about uh, privacy, because they're suddenly realizing that the data that they're giving to tech companies as part of like the usual goods and services, like it's not really paying them back in the way that they anticipated because suddenly people are realizing, Oh, I'm giving something up. That's very valuable apparently. Um, and I'd, and I'd assume that like it was going to be taken care of, but clearly it isn't. So mm. now people are angry and when people are angry, that means the regulators get angry, but regulators don't really have any idea how to handle it so in tech journalism during this time we've seen this massive shift in the way we cover privacy where generally we used to cover it as kind of like a one-off problem you had bad companies like cambridge analytica doing nefarious things pulling people's data yada 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 and now we're saying like no it's more systemic than that and it's actually an entire industry that's built off of exploiting people and then pretending that exploitation doesn't exist Mm. Um, at least that's kind of how I try to do it, which mm-hmm. makes every story I write kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Like my story, my story about cops that I wrote uh, during the George Floyd protests back in 2020 mm-hmm. is the same story as this like abortion surveillance story that I wrote in 2022. Yeah. They're both roughly, they're both basically the same advice. Like, hey, leave your phone at home. It's tracking everything you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's only so many times that you can write the same story over and over and over and over again before people are like, oh. This isn't about one or two. This isn't about Google. This isn't about Facebook. This is an industry that's like built on rot. And clearly we have to mm. do something about it. Mm. Yeah. Good times. What, <laughs> what is there possible to do about it? That's not, that's not supposed to be, that's not supposed to be a trap or a trick question. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm genuinely just wondering, just talking about this, if there is any way of like, of forcing this toothpaste back in the tube. I, Cause I can't see one. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I get that question like in basically the comments of every story I write. They're like, "You're pointing out, you're pointing out so many problems. Why don't you start thinking of solutions?" And I'm yeah, like, "Why don't, why don't you write something positive for once?" <laughs> why, why are you so angry all the time? <laughs> to be, to be clear, that's not what I'm saying. I genuinely <laughs> don't know if there is like, if there, like, if there is no, 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 just like was one of the one of the things that um that kind of caught my attention was uh was law enforcement not needing a warrant because it counts as a retail product. Is there a way of legislating it out of retail product? Sure. <laughs> you get you could you could you could make like 
commercially available data. Like right now, I can I can go online and buy your location data for a few hundred bucks or a few thousand bucks uh, without any oversight. Um, and the the fact that like that that specific commercial product is just available, it's a free for all instead of like actually being culpable under some sort of law. Uh, we should fix that. Mm. Or the fact that, like, when we talk about, like, healthcare, if we're talking about, like, abortion rights, hang on. Right now, and I've written a lot about this as well, uh, HIPAA, the kind of health mm. privacy law in the U.S., uh, doesn't apply to apps and it doesn't apply to sites. So if you're putting down your pregnancy information or, your, or like, your menstrual health information into a certain app, that's not under HIPAA. Anybody can get that data if they want. And that's led to some sort of like, F- that's led to some FTC kerfuffles over um, sort of, uh, what's the word? Dishonest advertising where mm-hmm. a company, this one company named Flow said that it would protect people's data. Then it turns out it was sharing them with third parties, which is legal, mm-hmm. but they worded it wrong. So the fact is like companies, companies can still do that if mm-hmm. they know how to yeah. word it. If, if they yeah. yeah it reminded yeah. me a little bit so when i was reading your story and you mentioned the thing about like the third parties right the idea that like mm-hmm. one way to sort of like get around like the lax data laws at least in the us anyway is that you know you could sort of kind of do it through like third party services that advertise as this being like databases or something along those lines and then those mm-hmm. databases can like repackage that data as like a commercial product it reminded me a lot of that scene in the big short when anthony bourdain is making the fish stew I've um, never seen it. Ah, okay. It's one of my like favorite scenes. So like, obviously the big short is about like the, the financial crisis and everything. Mm. And um, they're trying to explain what like a CDO is. And at this point, I also can't remember what the acronym for a CDO is, but it's like basically this kind of compendium of like bad mortgages that they kind of mm. package together and they sort of create it into a financial product that then like banks and stuff can like bet on. And Anthony Bourdain likens it to a fish stew. So he's like Monday to Thursday, or like you know, uh, you know, on some of the days the restaurants serve like fresh fish, but then they're like left of all these kind of like you know bits of fish that you can't serve on your own, but you don't want to get rid of them. So you just like turn it, you make it into a fish stew, and then you sell it at like a premium, mm-hmm. right? right? So like, it's, so it's not old fish; it's a new product, and right. it reminds me a lot of just like okay, well, you've kind of repackaged. And you've kind of re-commercialized this in partly to sort of like evade laws, um, like to to evade like data laws. But by what extension, laws? you're also reinforcing the yeah. You're also kind of like reinforcing this sort of like commercial data infrastructure, which right. means that like any sort of meaningful protection or even ownership of your data becomes like impossible. And I know, and I and I wondered like how that kind of conflicts with, you know, uh conversations we've had but also like there were some soundings from like the biden administration about like you know addressing this as a problem and being you know thinking about it especially like in the wake of like you know the the election and all the conversations around that the idea that like individuals like should own their data and like there needs to sort of be like a model of like ownership and sovereignty uh, around that it sort of seems to be like contradictory to each other and how could that possibly yeah. be enforced <laughs> 